On today's programme, we're coming to you live from Cork, a city and county represented by 18 TDs, but only one is a woman. What does that say about the success so far for gender quotas? Katrina Toomey of Cork Penny Dinners on how she and her team continue to feed thousands every week, including now asylum seekers and other new arrivals into the country. And we'll bring you the latest on the synthetic opioid that has caused a spike in overdoses in heroin users in the last number of weeks. Good afternoon and welcome to Saturday with Cullum O'Mungoyne. Please do get in touch if you want to be part of the conversation today. You can text us on 51551 or email saturday at rte.ie. Now we'd like to begin by bringing you the latest figure on the number of international protection applicants who have arrived in the country and have not been offered any state accommodation. But for reasons unexplained, there will not now be new numbers provided by government on that until Tuesday. What we can tell you is that as of close of business on Wednesday, 76 asylum seekers were without state-provided accommodation and they joined the thousands of people across the country who are without a home, reliant on charity for help because their rents are too high or the cost of living is hitting them hard. When we arrived here in Cork yesterday, we made our way to the Penny Dinner Service, which has been run out of a small premises on Little Hanover Street by Katrina Toomey and her team of volunteers for many years. And this is what we heard from some of those collecting their meals from the door. You're going to have to come back. Adrian had a look. He's gone someplace else. He'll be about an hour and a half. And uh, I'm on about nappies. Um, have you got nappies here? I think I have size four. What size is the baby? I'll look for five, yeah. All right, so, no problem. I'm actually in a B&B myself for like the last couple of weeks, and uh, I, I was living with my partner and stuff, things didn't work out and things, but uh, just the way it is, like. When, when would you have first come into contact with the services here? About ten years ago. Ten years ago, yeah. How would you describe the change over the ten years? A lot of, a lot of non-nationals, I suppose, uh, people coming in from the country. I call them the new... You know, poor, like, because they're pulling up in cars, they probably have mortgages, like, they, ha- they have wages coming in, but they probably can't afford to pay the rent. Will you be down on Christmas Day to, to Penny Dinners yourself? Uh, hopefully, if I'm around, I just stay by the end at this stage, like, that's the way it is, and I'm not joking, you like. Yeah, it's a big help because I don't have any money to pay my rent, so that is help- it's so helpful for me. Are you renting an apartment, is it? Yeah. We pay an expensive price here in Cork, so it's very difficult to handle with that. And do you mind me asking how much is your rent and how many people do you live with? Uh, I pay like 900 euros and we share, we share like we are like five at the moment, five people on the same house, yeah. I try to, to come when I finish work early so I can come, but like... Three times a week. Is it? Does it help? Yes. Yes. Very helpful. I'm from Brazil. And do you find it expensive here in Cork? The rents are very expensive, so it's very hard. Like. How much is the rent? It's six hundred euros, and without bills. It's very difficult to find a job sometimes here. I'm studying. I'm studying English here. I came from Brazil. And everything I buy here, uh, food, clothes, uh, it's very expensive for, for me because my because euro is very expensive for me. So where are you living at the moment? It's a student accommodation. And the rent is expensive? Expensive. Uh, but now I'm paying 700 a month, actually. 
And how did you hear about penny dinners? Uh, uh, with the students in the school. Okay. Uh, something like, uh, if you're hungry or, or you do not, not have uh, money uh, to eat something, just go there. It's amazing. It's very nice persons. Oh, I come in years. Yeah, it's not. It's a big difference. You're not originally a Cork man, are you? No, Dublin. Would you be coming here on a daily basis? Oh yeah, yeah. It was great for the company and. Uh, and what brought you here first yourself? Is it were you, are you in accommodation yourself? Oh, it was, it was in what do you call it? Vincent's. You know the the homeless hostel. What's the biggest difference you've seen in people coming here over the time you've been here? Uh, uh, most of the people I know are dead. That's, that, you know, that'll, that's the big difference. You know, you had thought, uh, I was just saying that to Katrina about all the people that died, you know, very young people have died, like, you know, this, the, the, what do you call it, the depression now, I can see, I didn't have as much depression be, before the COVID. Since the COVID now, I can see that, you know, everyone is not the same. There's no atmosphere, there's no, everyone is angry and that, you know. And there was some people speaking to us at the door of Penny Dinners yesterday. Now, as that lunchtime rush came to an end, we had a chance to talk to Katrina Toomey herself. And I began by asking her about the increase in numbers needing the help of Penny Dinners over the years. Uh, you know, going back 10 years ago, we had 100, 150 a week. So we're up to between about between 1,200 and 1,500 nearly every day. That's every day before we only had 150 a week. Like so, And we used to only open Monday to Friday. But no, we don't close at all. We're open seven days a week. All walks of life coming to us. Years ago, it was just predominantly men that would have been fond of the drink, we, you'd say. And then, um, then that changed. Then women started to come. Then families started to come. And the numbers grew. What would you say is the biggest single cause of that ramp up in numbers you've seen over the years? It's the cost of living and nothing else. Um, and I suppose the the minimum wage and stuff like that as well, and people that are only allowed work 20 hours. You know, we've a lot of students that are only allowed work 20 hours and that's going on their rent. For families, they just can't, you know, they pay one bill before you'd struggle to pay three or four bills, but you'd get it done, but now they can only manage one. So we hear people saying rents, mortgages, they can't keep up with them and they're strapped. And even though some people might have two or three jobs going on in a house, they still can't do it. The high rents are crippling. A couple came into us the other day. They're sharing a room in a house, two single beds, two, two girls. They just have one cupboard between the two of them. They're paying 200 each, so that's 400 a week they're paying. So make that up. They have nothing left for anything. They're absolutely pitiful because we have to give them, you know, when they come, like they came the other day and, and one of them wanted sanitary products, like she just couldn't buy them. And she was very upset. And the, the the language barrier then was hard. So she somebody else was there that understood. And it was a man and he spoke their language and he explained them what she wanted. Which is not easy having to ask for sanitary towels through Look, just sure. some man to translate. You know, we have, that is not easy. And we, you know, we give them out all the time. But, you know, we have men coming here looking for jocks looking for socks, you know. They have no place to wash their clothes, no place to change their clothes. And a lot of people that are living at home, you know, especially men on their own, they're afraid to spend money on anything. And the elderly are petrified because they come down here. And like we have one man that comes down here, like, you know, and he he's always looking for boiled eggs because he won't boil his eggs at home. We have others that come with flasks and we fill them up with water. They're afraid to boil the kettle during the day. And 
They're here early at the dawn in the morning. We've others that come with flasks for water and um, we give them baby wipes to wash themselves. So it must be very degrading for the person that's receiving a packet of baby wipes off us to wash, to have to wash themselves with that. And a woman there arrives looking for clothes for an 11 month old child she's in hospital with her baby and she has no clothes we do have them i just can't poke the boat at the minute and um so um she's gone away now with a packet of vests for the baby with the, the long sleeves and the packet of nappies but she had, she had no money for to buy food for herself and she has no changes of clothes for the child we're seeing um, more reports of people who are looking for international protection asylum here not been made offers of accommodation. Have you seen that arriving here? Look, we give out tents here all the time to to people here that are on the street a long time. And the thing about tents is in this weather, unless it's a, a double skin tent or a triple skin tent, it's not going to give them any protection at all from any of the elements. It's going to get wet. So if it's a pop-up tent, they're going to be soaked and then people have to look for a place to set up a tent. And you're talking about a person that's in a, a very vulnerable, dark, lonely place and then giving them a tent to set up. And so no one should be in a tent in this country because we're not, you know, we're not out in Spain. We don't have great weather. No one at all should be in a tent. And anyone coming into the country shouldn't be after a tent at all. If people are being allowed into the country by the government, then they're the responsibility of the government completely and the government should own that 100%. Um, a lot of the people that are coming into the country rely on the generosity of the people of the country rather than relying on the government. That's something for them to take on board. No matter what way you look at this, none of it is right, it's wrong. And for goodness sake, it can be put right but you need people that will motivate themselves to put this right because no one should go hungry, no one should be cold, no one should be without, no child should be without nappies or food or stuff like that. You shouldn't have parents having to beg for stuff. You shouldn't have people not being able to pay their rents or pay their mortgages when they're out working. We have people that will call here in the morning for a sandwich going to work because they can't afford to buy a sandwich. And with the high rents that they're paying, so if you look at the whole lot of it, there are a lot of issues, there are a lot of problems and being caused for people. Mental health has gone through the roof. There was another death last night, another suicide here in Cork, and somebody that we all know, and we're all devastated. And the thing about it is, there are so many, and somebody has to say, if it comes to a place where we're losing people, we have to step in. We're all stepping in, all the charities are stepping in, but the government needs to step in and step up big time. Do you get state or government support? No, we don't. We just rely on the, the public. And that was Katrina Toomey of Penny Dinners speaking to us yesterday afternoon. Um, our panel in studio here today are Simon Coveney, Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment and Fine Gael TD for Cork South Central, Donnacho O'Leary, Sinn Féin TD for Cork South Central and his party spokesperson on social protection and Mick Barry, People Before Profit TD for Cork North Central. Welcome to you all. Thanks very much for coming in this afternoon. Um, Minister Simon Coveney, just 
that statement from Katrina Toomey just on people arriving here seeking accommodation and looking for international protection. She said if people are being allowed into the country by the government, then they're the responsibility of the government and the government needs to own that 100%. Can the government honestly say it's doing that when 76 arrivals into the country were made no offer of accommodation on as of last Wednesday? Well, just a number of things I'd say on that. I mean, first of all, you know, over the last two years, we've seen probably the largest humanitarian response in Ireland since independence uh, in terms of the number of people who have got accommodation from the state. So uh, uh, today and tonight, uh, there's about 74 to 75,000 Ukrainians um, uh, across Ireland uh, being accommodated and about 26,000 other people and families seeking international protection. Uh, Those are numbers that Ireland has never had to uh, try to accommodate before. Uh, The system is under huge pressure now. uh, uh, And and of course, we are doing everything we can to make sure that anybody who comes to Ireland and claims asylum, seeks international protection, uh, gets gets accommodation. Um, um, But as Minister O'Gorman has said this week, uh, the system is, uh, is is under a lot of pressure and we're trying to make sure that anybody who doesn't have state accommodation um, first of all is a is a single male because we're we we're prioritizing accommodation for families and for children and for women uh, and we're going to work and we are working uh, to try to make sure that anybody who doesn't have uh, state provided accommodation tonight uh, will get that as soon as possible but look it's important to be honest with people uh, this isn't a case of the state letting people into the country we have an international obligation in law that if somebody comes to Ireland uh, and seeks international protection, that, that we have to go through a fair and transparent process in terms of assessing that application. A very large number of people who are seeking inter- international protection I- in Ireland um, uh, are not, for example, flying into the country or coming by ferry. They're coming through Northern Ireland from the UK and so on. Sure, but part of that international um, obligation is requires Ireland to offer material reception conditions. At the moment, people who can't be offered accommodation are being offered €75 Euro per week which yeah. gives them a total of um, €113 euro when added to the, yeah. the, the €38. Added, euro and what can they buy or what are they expected to buy for that in terms of accommodating themselves? Well, look, I mean, you know, this is this is not an ideal situation. It's far from it, uh, which is why we want to get state-provided accommodation for all of these people. But there will be times when we have a high number have come in in, in a week uh, and and we then have to make sure that we give... Uh, we prioritise uh, 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 accommodation for, for women and children and families. Uh, and there will be times, although we'd like to make sure that those times are few, um, that there will be uh, single males uh, that that we essentially give money to uh, and they will have to look for accommodation, um, as is the case, by the way, in virtually every other European country. And is their welfare monitored country. after they arrived? I mean, there's 76 of them at the moment. As of, as of last Wednesday, those, those are the figures. Well, hopefully what, that, what, number, what follow-up is, is, hopefully is that number is now falling. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the Department of, of, uh, of Integration are literally all day, every day, looking to try to get uh, increased accommodation options so that we can get uh, a safe roof over people's heads. Um, but there will be times, given just the sheer numbers that we're talking about, uh, where the accommodation that we have won't won't meet the demand coming in in, in a given week, and of but course, is it known where they are at any one time and whether they're or not? No, well, it's th- up to it's up to those people. I mean, these are adults choosing to travel to Ireland, um, uh, knowing uh, you know the country that they're coming to, 
Um, we have a, an obligation to do our best for them and we are. But there will be times, as happened this week, uh, when more people have come in than we have accommodation. Um, and, and, and that's why uh, the government made the decision to give an extra 75 euros Are you euros implicitly to telling them to go elsewhere, though, when you say they're adults choosing to come to Ireland? No, I'm not. I'm not. And, you know, anybody who, who knows my perspective on this knows that, um, that, in my view, inward migration into Ireland is a very good thing on the whole. Um, but Ireland, uh, over the last two years in particular, has, uh, has had to manage an extraordinary number of people coming to Ireland, uh, often for, uh, for understandable reasons because they're fleeing conflict. And like many other countries in the European Union, we have to do everything we can to respond positively to that. And by and large, we are. So, you know, of the, um, you know, of the over 100,000 people that are currently being provided with state accommodation, I mean, let's not forget that's more than the population of Limerick City. Uh, are currently being accommodated and supported by the state in state-funded uh, accommodation. Okay. But there are a small number uh, who aren't tonight and we're working hard to address that. All right. Uh, Mick Barry, your party's uh, immigration policy calls for Europe to have uh, to open its borders and for a variety of reasons. Uh, it's, it says it should, not least international obligations, but claims that two million people could easily be accommodated. Now, bearing in mind some of the pressures that were outlined by uh, Minister Simon Coveney there, are there any caveats to that in light of what's been seen in Ireland over the last while? Well, I, I don't think that there's any possibility that two million people or anything like that uh, are going to come to this country. Um Simon is correct in saying that the numbers have increased significantly and the numbers... Sorry, just to, just, to, just to be clear, that the figure of 2 million comes from your own policy document on, on the website. Well, it doesn't actually. I'm, I'm a member of People Before Profit Solidarity and I, I, I don't think that is uh, part of a, a solidarity document. But the, the point that I'm making to you is this, is that the, the numbers coming to the country have spiked significantly. Um, and you're looking at the region of 100,000 uh, uh, people. So le- let's discuss the realities that we're dealing with here. W- while we're on the issue of figures, I'd like to make the point that uh, I don't think it's good enough for the government or for Simon to say that hopefully the numbers are falling uh, after we found out on Wednesday. I didn't, that, say, that. That I didn't say hopefully the, uh, the numbers are falling. Well, what, what, what did you say? You know, I said that we, um, what, what we're trying to do is that there are a small number that don't have state-provided accommodation because of the pressures and the numbers involved. And what I've said is hopefully we'll be able to get on top of that in the next number of weeks as we search and find more accommodation. That's the position. Okay, but I, I, I think it is um, worthy of comment uh, that the state are in a, not in a position to say uh, and not in a position to inform RTE for the show here today, uh, how many people um, came to this country seeking asylum uh, and are uh, sleeping rough last night or likely to be sleeping rough tonight? We have a figure of 76 from Wednesday. We don't have a figure uh, for, la- for, for what happened uh, last night in relation to it. Uh, and I think that... Um, I think that uh, the idea that people are being given €113.50, which is €16 per day, and are expected to put a roof over their head. What would you give them? With that kind of money. I I think the essential thing is not the money. I think the essential thing is the roof over the head. And where would you find that roof? Yeah, 
Well, clearly the the state is is reaching the limits of the accommodation that can be provided playing by the current rule book. So I think if you are going to provide more accommodation, and I think we should, both for people who are in emergency accommodation in this country and who need housing, and for inter- international protection, people who come here and who seek asylum, then you need to change the rules and you need to say, OK, we're not going to play by the same rule book that we've played up until now. And essentially what I'm talking about there is you would need to say that there is a vast amount of vacant property in this country. All right, so that's a very good. significant part of it is owned by commercial and business interests and we need to put the needs of society above the private interests of commercial uh, interests who are leaving vacant you're talking, property vacant. You're talking about commercial properties rather than residential properties that are owned by commercial entities, is it? I'm talking about commercial properties and I'm talking right. about residential properties that are owned by big commercial operators and that are being kept vacant at the moment. Well, just, just, just to clarify okay. that, on the residential properties, are you, what are you talking about if there are people already in those? You're, not, you're, not, you're talking about the ones that are... I'm not saying that a, that a home that is vacant because uh, an elderly person uh, is in a nursing home should be requisitioned by the state. But I'm saying that a a different rule should apply where you have business interests who've got vacant properties and who are not using it. If you you don't use it, you should lose it. All right. Donegal Air, several of your party TDs when speaking on the Rural Independence motion during the week on immigration said Sinn Féin did not favour open borders. It's the first time many people would have heard that. Just on, is this coming because of the issue of accommodation or is it coming because TDs in certain areas, not least your own party leaders, have been spooked by the antipathy they're experiencing from some quarters? No, that's not a new position at all. That's always been the position of the party. Um, obviously, we accept our international responsibilities in terms of international protection. Um, and I can talk some more on that in a minute. But um, it's never been our position that we are in favour of uncontrolled migration. I recall Mary Lou MacDonald being asked questions about that at press conferences as far back as 2007 or eight. Um, I've been asked questions on it myself, I think, in the 2016 general election. It's always been our position. Um, migration has uh, undoubtedly benefits. There's lots of people here in Cork um, that are driving taxis, that are working in hospitals, making huge sure, contributions to society of, in Cork. But it's never been our position. It's never the, been our position that there should be no control or no constraint on migration whatsoever. Um, international protection obviously is related, but somewhat different than immigration in the normal legal sense of it. Um, but, I mean, I suppose in terms of that, um, we obviously recognise that people who come here seeking international protection need to be assessed, need to be treated well. I, I do believe at an international level, Ireland is carrying more weight than a lot of our neighbours. Um, and I think that at an international level, while obviously everyone who comes here needs to be assessed fairly and decently, I think at an international level we need to be raising with our colleagues the need for them to take more responsibility because I think Ireland has been left to shoulder too heavy a burden. And what would you do about people who are being offered? Those 76 people as of last Wednesday, there'll be updated figures coming next Tuesday. In the immediate term, what would you do for them? Look, I mean, I think there's a number of things. But first, I just say, like, I mean, it is uh, extremely worrying given the weather that's there at the minute and the circumstances that there is anybody um, 
out on the streets uh, and that this is the situation that we are facing um, your heart would go out to anyone absolutely anybody sleeping rough uh, at this time of year I think in terms of what Mick has said there may be uh, commercial properties that are in a position to be used albeit I would say a number of them have already been identified and utilised I think there is still capacity it's something that we've raised particularly at this time of year in terms of holiday homes and things like that there's a lot of unoccupied buildings uh, across Ireland uh, during the winter months that obviously not necessarily long term but for the short term could meet some of the need and I think that there are other state properties and things like that that can be right. found but there's no doubt but that the situation is under very severe pressure it's for that reason that I'm saying that look there the government at one stage talked about 200,000 we're at uh, in and around 100,000 and it's already creaking at the seams um, so Clearly, I think the system is under serious pressure. Uh, Minister Simon Coveney, the Cabinet is to discuss next Tuesday the proposal, uh, I believe, that the um, offering made to people seeking protection here from Ukraine under under a different scheme that after three months there would be a 90-day limit on state-provided accommodation to them. Has the state figured out or the government figured out where they'll go after that? Well, first of all, the government hasn't made a decision on this yet. Um, There'll be a discussion, I think, in a Cabinet subcommittee on Monday and then... Uh, hopefully a decision uh, uh, in Cabinet next week. I mean, I think what, what Ireland has to assess is uh, is how uh, how we, of course, look after and support um, Ukrainian people who've come here who are fleeing war. Uh, we also have to look at, uh, at what other countries are doing in the European Union uh, because I think it's important that we have um, similar supports and measures across the European Union because otherwise, for obvious reasons, people will simply travel to countries where, where they get more support. That's uh, um, as anybody would do with their family. Um, so so what, we're, what we're looking at uh, uh, next week is uh, how Ireland stacks up versus other countries in Europe. Uh, I think we're the only country, actually, that hasn't changed our support supports for Ukrainians uh, since they've come here. Um, could, I, could I just uh, ask you what, what, the, what the methodology might be? Because obviously some European countries will offer one thing, others will offer another. Are we going yeah. to take the average offering? Are we going to take the minimum offering? Are we going to take our co well, like with what, we'll what the other of, maximum offering would I'd be? I'd like to think we'll be one of the most supportive countries in Europe. But I think at the moment we are um, substantially more supportive, actually, than the vast majority of other European countries. Uh, and I think there is a need for an adjustment on that. Um, I, I, I think that's recognised. But, you know, there are, um, Mr O'Gorman will, will bring forward proposals. Uh, we'll discuss them, I suspect, at length before the Cabinet meeting uh, and then make a decision on it. But, but I if, think that's a necessary if, decision. If the outcome of that was to be to stop offering people accommodation after 90 days, is there a strategy, a plan in place for emergency measures if people found themselves without accommodation? Because where would they go at the moment? Well, first of all, I, I think it's unlikely that we'll change the status of any uh, Ukrainian or, or Ukrainian, Ukrainian family that's currently in Ireland uh, in terms of the decisions they've made to come here. This is about really uh, giving a signal uh, for the future uh, that people who, who decide uh, to come to Ireland to seek protection, that they, of course, will get support here uh, for a period of time. And, and as I say, the government hasn't made a decision on that yet, but it, but, but the proposal is that we would we would offer accommodation for a period of time, which is which is the norm, by the way, right. across but, most of the European Union. Um, and obviously, families will have to make make their own choices uh, in relation to to that. But look, there's no easy answers here. Come, um, you know, Ireland has has accommodated more than a hundred thousand. 
thousand Ukrainians. Right, but um, but, but no uh, no specific answer as to as to where they would go. You say they'll make their own choices, which well, could which could include leaving the country again, yeah. is it? Uh, well, it could include that, but I mean, the government hasn't even right. finalised this decision yet. So when we do, I think then uh, right. well, well, obviously we'll have to may, provide answers to, okay. to questions like that. One. We we may come back and debate that then uh, when it is finalised. We're going to come back after this with a discussion on gender quotas. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1.